Dr. Carol Gifford is a native of Northeast Ohio. Veterinary medicine was a second career for her. She graduated from the Tufts University School of Veterinary Medicine in 2003. She was certified by the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society in 2007. She then completed the Chinese Herbal Medicine course at the Qi Institute in 2012, followed by becoming certified in veterinary spinal manipulative therapy from the Healing Oasis Wellness Center in 2016. She started a complementing care house call practice in the Boston area in 2013, and then again in 2017 when her family relocated to Columbus, Ohio. Dr. Gifford has served as a teaching assistant in the IVIS course and in 2014 passed the advanced certification examination from the American Academy of Veterinary Acupuncture to become a fellow of the AAVA. She's been on the board of directors of IVIS and currently serves as president of the AAVA. Please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Carol Gifford. Dr. Gifford, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Neil. So where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up outside of Cleveland, Ohio, not far from where you practice. So at what point did veterinary medicine become a thing that you wanted to uh, to do to be a veterinarian? Oh, I was a late bloomer. Um, veterinary medicine's my second career, and so it probably occurred to me when I was in my mid to late twenties. What was your What was your first career? My first career was in medical physics. My, oh. my undergrad studies were in physics, and then I liked the medicine aspect of it. So I kind of hung out there for a while, worked at a biotech startup, and knew I wanted to pursue some further education. I always thought it would be a PhD, but I could never find a topic that was interested me enough to study like in a fine-tooth comb sort of way. So, um, yeah, and then my sister um, did started her second career in medical school, and she's like, you should go to vet school. And I'm like, what? I could never get in. And then there you go. I decided huh. to try it anyway. <laughs> so where did, where did you do your undergrad? I did my undergrad in Madison, Wisconsin, at University of Wisconsin. Oh, that must have been good. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. Of, it was maybe a little too much fun. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, 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 where were you working when you decided that maybe you'd do vet school then? I was working out in Portland, Oregon at the time, and um, yeah, I was just feeling a little bit like I was spinning my wheels. Um, and I met with some folks, kind of looking at different career options, and they were pretty much all medical. And then I hung out with a couple of veterinarians, and I was like floored. I was like, this is awesome. Um, I liked how it was a little bit of everything. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I just uh, did some, had to do some more prerequisites and that kind of thing, and then applied and got in and went to Tufts, and here I am. Wow. So, so how much did you have a lot of coursework to catch up on? No, not a ton. Um, it was, it probably took me a couple of years because it was chemistry and then organic chemistry. And I think maybe there was genetics in there. Um, I think that was about it. So you're doing that while you were working. Yeah. 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 And then, so at, at the time to apply, what what uh, schools did you have in mind? Um, 
Well, I um, was living in Oregon, so I uh, talked to Oregon State. I um, applied to Wisconsin because, you know, that was my alma mater. Um, My sister lived outside of Boston, so I applied to Tufts. And Tufts also had kind of more of a, at the time, they they looked for more unusual students, um, like that didn't fit the mold. And being a second career person, I definitely didn't fit the mold. Yeah. So how many were in your class then at Tufts? Um, I think 80. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And well, any, what was the rough division men, men and women at that time? Oh, there were 10% men, eight guys. And that was wow. in 1999 is when we started. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting it was, how, how the different schools, um, in talking to people have the, just the breakdown is different, uh, even oh, around similar times. Yeah. Yeah. So eight, eight men out of your class. Yeah. So when you went in, were you thinking small animal or what what was your idea? Uh, I was actually on the fence. Um, and I, um, I don't know what I was thinking when I went in, but by third or fourth year, I was like wanting to do mixed practice. Um, which in retrospect seems completely insane. Um, but at the time, I, I guess I couldn't really decide. Yeah. Do you feel like Tufts prepared you all around? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, no question. Worries. And they yeah. had a lot of, um, you know, they were very progressive in that, like, you know, we talked about acupuncture, and there was an acupuncturist on staff at the Small Animal Hospital, and one of the faculty and the uh, equine end of things um, did acupuncture. So, uh, acupuncture had a presence there. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that was probably unheard of even at that point. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So any coursework in it or just your exposure in the clinic? No coursework in it. Um, but uh, I think, you know, there was a, a passing mention in um, anesthesiology, but uh, I, I, nothing's really sticking out in my mind as like having a class in it. All right. So did that spark an interest in you then? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. that sounds cool, too. Like yeah. everything was, I just thought everything was cool and exciting, except maybe pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. So, so how, how many, how many would you say second career non-traditional students were in your class then? Um, oh, I would say probably 10. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so do you, this was a long time ago, Neil. I know. Do you feel like, do you feel like you were more prepared to handle the rigors of, or the ups and downs of vet school having been out in in business and that sort of thing? I think it was, um, you know, some pluses and some minuses. Um, I feel, I I remember feeling like, um, being, kind of treated like a baby, you know, like spoon fed stuff when you're, when you're used to 
like being in the workforce and doing things on your own and making things happen. Um, so that was kind of a different mentality, be getting back into that student role um, and uh, not, you know, being in the more supervisory role. So that was a switch. But at the same time, I think I had a, just a better perspective on like what it all was for, you know, what, what it would bring me in my life. I think that's, that's what I'm, I was hoping you'd say. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> you know, looking back, I just, man, if I'd had some extra maturity or life experience, I think it would have, I would have had a lot less stress going through school. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, have a, one of my good friends did a seven year program and I don't know how she did it. You know, went right through from undergrad three years of undergrad right into that school. I'm like, oh my gosh, that would have been too much for me. Yeah. You know, I worry, you know, they talk about now about shortening the the pre-veterinary program so that maybe students will come back and start vet school after two years of undergrad. And man, I just worry that, that oh. they're not going not to be mature enough to handle yeah. you know, the, yeah. the, stress, the stresses of that school. I'm with you on that. So, all right. So what happens when you graduate? Where do you end up? Um, I ended up uh, following my dream and doing mixed practice for a couple of years. And one of the practice owners was certified, maybe not certified, but had learned acupuncture and did very little of it. Um, and bizarrely felt that if he did acupuncture, that's all he would have ended up doing. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's so, but yeah. he wanted to do mixed practice. You know, he liked surgery and he liked farm calls and all that stuff. So it, it just wasn't the right choice for him. Yeah. How so many docs did, were in that practice? That was a, it was a three doctor practice. All right. Still in New England? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Outside of Boston. Okay. All right. So, the mixed portion was the horses, cattle, the whole bit, or what was the makeup? Everything. No pigs. <laughs> no pigs. All right. <laughs> that seems to be a theme. Um, <laughs> I think maybe I've seen one pig in my career, but um, it was mostly horses um, on the large end of things. There were a couple small dairies um, and some sheep and goats, um, just backyard farm kind of things. It, which was, it was very, um, it was fun. It was very, uh, uh, all things, all creatures, great and small kind of thing. Oh, nice. So, so you, are you still in that practice then when you decide you're going to do some acupuncture training? No, I, um, decided I, I switched over to small animal only before I decided to do acupuncture. So I stayed at the mixed practice for about two, two and a half years, and then joined a small animal practice because I felt like I wasn't really doing a great job at anything. I felt like I was doing a good job, but it felt like jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided I liked the small animal stuff better, probably mostly because of call. Um, and then I took the opportunity to learn acupuncture. So in so some how, ways, I got more focused, and it, in some ways, I branched out a little bit more. 
Yeah. So how many docs were in the practice then that 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 one was one, practice? I think five of us. Oh wow. Okay. And um there were there were um I think it was three full time doctors. So the equivalent of three full time doctors. So one full time and four half time. And I was one of the half time people. All right. And then I did some relief stuff on the side too. So were they, they were supportive of you taking the class and then bringing it back to the practice? So yes and no. We couldn't quite figure out a way um, financially to work it into the practice. Um, we came up with some ideas, but there really wasn't at the time, I didn't feel like there was um, support like there is now to give you ideas of like how to bring acupuncture into uh, an existing practice. So as much as I loved that practice, I found a practice that was an integrative practice where I could do, they already had the acupuncture part nailed. And so I joined them. And um, did tons of acupuncture. Nice. So yeah, it was great. Where, you did Ivis. Where where was it yep. the year you took it? Um, Ivis was in Tampa the year I took it. Oh, so not so bad for you. Yeah, no. So it was the same time zone and um, uh, an easy flight from Boston. So nice. And then, if I if I recall, you TA'd then. Yeah, I TA'd a couple of years after that um, in Atlanta. Did you find that helpful? Oh yeah, it was great. It was super helpful. Um, I had a I had a great time, and I learned so much. And I feel like I could go to the course a dozen more times and keep learning. Yeah. So uh, the the practice you were in, the integrated practice, then that you were mm-hmm. per- performing. So where were the how many docs were doing acupuncture then? Um, there were three of us. All right. And were, was everybody else Ivis trained or had they gone other places? So I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer. Oh, all right. So were you able to, did you, did you guys have time to bounce cases around and um, was that helpful? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I had, um, good support as far as like, what do you think about this? Um, I also had weirdly in my Ivis class, um, let's see, out of what, a hundred people, there were five or six of us who graduated in the same year from Tufts. So I I had like four or five classmates in my Ivis class. That's wild. Isn't it? So most of us stayed in New England. And then once we started practicing, um, we started a a group that got together about quarterly and talked about cases and what was going on and um, kind of had a little, yeah, yeah, had a little, little quarterly acupuncture party. And it was, it was really awesome. That's brilliant. Yeah. You know, to have that kind of support. I don't know if they're still doing that, but yeah, <laughs> it was great. It was it was great to um, to just be able to bounce things off of people, and then um, for those people who were practicing by themselves to have kind of you know some more sounding board and just a sense of community. 
And then you did herbs came next, yeah? Um, yeah. Then I did herb course um, online through Chi. And that was really good in helping me with my um, Chinese uh, di- Chinese medical diagnoses and treatments. Um, and I had been using herbs before I took the course, but it just kind of um, gave me a, a broader view of them. Yeah. And you did it all online. Yeah. Yeah. Which was yeah. super convenient. It's really convenient. And I thought it was, I did the same thing and I thought the course was really put together well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So are you still in the integrated practice then when, you, when you're taking the herb class or where are you then? No. So um, I went uh, out on my own. There were a couple of hiccups in the road and um, I decided I wanted to go out on my own and I started a house call practice um, and uh, I decided I would do complimentary mm-hmm. only. So that, uh, well, for two reasons. One is I really didn't love general practice. Um, I just found it uh, tedious. You know, you know, general practice isn't for you when you look on the schedule and you see new puppy and you dread those appointments. So I said, you know what, what if I did a complimentary only house call and didn't tread on anybody's toes as far as um, other veterinarians um, who I was hoping would um, refer cases to me. Um, and one of uh, my friends had a um, practice that she had started, a house call practice that she had started. And I kind of checked in with her and I said, you know, how, how does that look? And, um, would I be, would I be stepping on your toes if I were to do the same thing? And she was like, oh my God, no, please start it because I have too many people and, um, I need somebody to refer my overload to. Oh, that's great. Yes. So um, it was, it, she was an immense help. Shout out to Beth Ennis. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, she was an immense help in building my practice. And then, you know, word of mouth, it, and it just, it took off. So that was in Boston. And then um, I did that, I had that practice for four years and um, my husband decided he didn't want to live in Boston anymore. And so we moved to Columbus, Ohio, and I restarted my practice about, it's been about two years now and I'm full here too. So how was that to just, just start from scratch again? I mean, how did you get the word out? Honestly, it was painful. I did. I spent six months networking because one of the the biggest difference um, was that in Boston, I knew a lot of people. You know, a lot of people went to Tufts. And so you had that connection and just being out in practice and people move and people change veterinarians and you just kind of know people. And then to move to Columbus, I knew 
um, my friend Debbie Decker in Cleveland introduced me to, to some of her Ohio State friends who were still in Columbus. And um, so then kind of similarly to um, what happened in Boston, one of the people here who had a, has a practice doing just complimentary um, need had had a huge wait list. And so I, she sends, she refers to me, I refer back to her. So that's a really nice, um, uh, cooperation there. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's the, the network still, I'm still building it, but it, it feels comfortable. Good. So at what point does chiropractic come in then? I started chiropractic after I started my, my, um, house call practice. So maybe the year after I thought, you know, I need to add, uh, I need to keep learning, I guess is really what it felt like. And, um, uh, Beth Ennis and I decided to take the, uh, healing oasis course together. And I'm so glad that I had somebody that I knew to take it with because it was intense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I really liked it and I feel like it added to my practice um, and made it very well-rounded. So, um, Good. yeah. So uh, is that the extent of your practice then, the ac- say Chinese medicine, acupuncture, uh, chiropractic? Um, at this point, I also do some laser therapy in there. Uh-huh. Um, and next on the list, I think, will be Western herbs. And I'd like to learn some more about aromatherapy, but that's, you know, cool. in my spare time. Yeah, right, right. So at some point, you did the FAAVA test. Yeah, at some point. All right. So before where... chiropractic, after okay. herbs. So you were in New England still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you yeah. were you on your own at that point? I believe I was. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I I think uh, it helped me um, kind of solidify. It was after I did the TA after I TA'd, and um, it helped me solidify my knowledge, um, especially the TCVM stuff. Yeah. Did you put a lot of time in studying, or did you feel like the TAing covered a lot? I felt of that like for you? the TAing helped a lot, and um, as you know, I took it twice. And the first time, I um, the parts that I struggled with were um, uh, the traditional the patterns, um, diagnostic patterns, and um, so. I think between the time I took took the FAAVA test the first time and the second time, the herb course like drilled that stuff into me. And then the second time I took it, it the the culmination of TAing and and knowing some more of the um, neurophysiology along with the TCVM from herbs um, kind of glued it all together. Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm at, I even just having taken the herb course and studying for the FAAVA test, that red book of Dr. Shea's, uh, 
my first copy, just the binding is just gone. Yeah, mine too. You know, from flipping back, back and forth through that thing. All right. Yeah. So the other big thing I want to talk to you about was your involvement in, shall we say, organized veterinary medicine. <laughs> you know, so that sounds uh, uh, kind of like like organized crime. I know it does. <laughs> but so, what, what prompted you to get involved in in association work? Um. I felt like uh, I I feel like I have a natural leadership ability, um, and um, talking to some other people that were involved and kind of seeing changes that needed to be made in kind of how acupuncture is viewed in the veterinary world. Um, kind of wanting, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't view myself as a complainer. I view myself more as a, like, if I'm going to find something to complain about, I'm going to do something about it. So that that's probably, I, I felt like things needed to be done. Yeah. So as, as we speak, you're president of the AAVA. I am. Yeah. So, and then if, am I correct that you're also serving on the IVIS board? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think the, um, the president of the AAVA is, um, where I want to see where I feel like I can make an impact on the changes. And I feel like the connection that we need a strong connection with IVIS, um, and I think it's, so I think it's a healthy, um, uh, collaboration to, for, for one person, whether it's me or somebody else to be kind of have a, have a foot in each, uh, puddle. Yeah. It's an interesting arrangement, you know, with the AAVA being the IVIS, the American IVIS affiliate, but not every country has their own association. Right. Right. You know, right. It's an interesting so, organization structure. Yeah. So, uh, and, and have you, you've attended uh, the AVMA th as an HOD rep? Yes. I actually haven't. Um, okay. I was at the, I was at the VLC a couple of years ago as, um, vice president or president elect of the AAVA. That yeah. was, I, so I, I have been to the HOD meetings, but not as a delegate. So how do you feel like acupuncture is fitting in? How do you think, how do you feel like we're interfacing with allopathic veterinarians? I think we're doing better and better. Um, I still think there's um, quite a bit to be done. And of course, it's um, challenging to find people who uh, can contribute volunteer time on top of how busy everybody's lives are. So as I, I think there's great vision um, and time, I think um, has been our friend and it seems to be pretty well accepted um, to by people who 
understand it. I still think that there's a lot of room for um, education among veterinarians um, to get those who may think it's uh, voodoo or, you know, not scientifically founded um, to understand the neurophysiology a little bit better. I agree. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to let that your comment go, though. That you know, our, our organizations do need help as far as yes. volunteers go. So oh certainly, gosh. you know that it seems from my vantage point, at least over the years, the, all of the organizations have gotten better and better about uh, streamlining things so that you know everyone's time is respected and mm-hmm. you know so the time that people can volunteer is really well spent. And it's just we do need yes. that help for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's not, I I feel like um, all of my various positions in different organizations, nothing's really sucked up a bunch of time. And I do feel like um, it's made a difference. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get some new blood and um, new ideas and keep things moving along. Yeah, you bet. So you're in a college town now. Um, I am. Yeah. And so do you take, do you have students that, that spend time with you? I don't. And it's, it's something that is kind of, um, on my list, but I'm, I've also been kind of, um, scared away a little bit from like, the like approaching Ohio State um, and saying, you know, hey, let's get some more acupuncture in. I know that there are there there is um, an elective um, that the students students can take um, in acupuncture. I believe it's medical acupuncture, um, and I had a. Um, SAVMA student. So um, actually it was the student association from um, AHVMA um, uh, who approached me and actually approached Debbie Decker, asked her to give a talk on acupuncture. Debbie said, I'm too busy. Ask Carol because I had just moved here and wasn't busy. And so I gave a talk and the students were totally into it. Um, I did a little demo and had a great time, but I have to figure out a way to do something like that on a more casual basis um, than going through the university. I think there's just too much red tape going through the university. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot. Uh, they do yeah. have a survey survey course right now that, that uh, Dr. Wagner coordinates. But it's just for me as a graduate, as an Ohio State graduate, it's disappointing that acupuncture hasn't or integrated medicine hasn't occupied a bigger place in the clinic. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Like to see that change. You know, for for a, an association, our, I, I really feel like our Ohio VMA has been supportive for decades um, integrate with integrated medicine. And just if we could get that kind of even a fraction of that support at the vet school, it would be great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The OVMA is amazing. 
Anything that I should have asked you, but I didn't? Not that I can think of. Well, great. Um, thanks for taking the time. It was wonderful to talk to you. I, I appreciate all the, the time that you put in and the various modalities and, and you know how hard it is to try to squeak all these things through while you're working and, and certainly your commitment to, uh, to association medicine, should we say, rather than uh, organizational medicine. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. We, need, we certainly need people to volunteer. For sure. Thank you, Neil. That was, that was great. Thank you, Carol. All right. Bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.